If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. We have built something that shows up every single Monday and Wednesday, serves incredible content to our listeners. You better believe I'm going to leverage that for something that I'm so passionate about and that I've worked so hard on. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Do I have a new podcast recommendation for you? If you like the Gold Digger podcast, you'll love tuning into Content is Profit, hosted by Luis and Fonzie Camejo, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Discover the secrets and strategies on how your business can achieve the frictionless sale. Luis and Fonzie dig into frameworks, strategies, tactics, and feature special guests to bring you all the information you need in order to turn your content into profit. They tackle topics like five things that you should do to grow your podcast and how to leverage trends to generate attention and answer questions like, what does it mean to stand out in the marketplace? How can you rise above the noise and help others with your offers? If you need a new show to add to your lineup, listen to Content is Profit wherever you get your podcasts. These episodes are so much fun for me. Kylie, thank you for coming on the show again. You know, it was a really dicey almost start to this because my husband, who was obsessed with woodworking, was about to fire up the power saw. Oh, like, no. In his Tell workshop. Chris, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's like right below where my, quote, studio setup is, which is a folding table in a closet. But we made it. We're here. We have some quiet. So I'm excited to step up to the mic with you again. Chris, I love you. And Drew, like we have to like schedule his lawn mowing, like because that <laughs> the man will like weed whack right where I'm like, dude, can you and not? Always, always, always. <laughs> I love this. You know what? There's no one better to talk to about this topic, which is podcasting. Walk me through what we're going to cover today because I'm actually really excited. This is going to go in a few different directions. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a huge podcasting nerd. I've been your podcast producer since 2018, which according to my calculations, that makes four years. So crazy. It's the longest I've ever stayed at any job. I'm just putting that out there. I feel special. I just, I like to, you know, move and evolve and find new positions and challenges, but here I am. There's got to be something good about this job, right? So today we're talking about something that for the first three and a half years of my work with you, Jenna, (laughs) you didn't do. I mean, well, you did, but I mean, I could count on one hand how many times you did it. And that was being interviewed on other podcasts. Yeah. 
And it was for a very specific reason that you got back into appearing on other shows and on other platforms and speaking with other hosts. And of course, your book launch was a big deal in 2022. And so for the first time, you said, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be interviewed. I'm going to open up my schedule. I'm going to appear on other shows. And there were a couple of times where I had to do like a pulse check. Like, yeah. Is, is this you? Jenna? Are you there? <laughs> Hello? I don't. And I'm glad you chose this timing to dive into that strategy of promotion because I attended Podcast Movement, a big podcast festival conference last summer. And the biggest takeaway from every session I went to when it came to marketing and growth and growing your own show, everyone said, you have to appear on other podcasts. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> kind of remarkable that we waited this long and that our show has been the number one marketing show for so long without me showing up anywhere else. It is. It is kind of crazy. But as we've seen, and we will talk about the results from you stepping into this strategy of yeah. appearing on other shows. I mean, there was still growth to be had from adding this to your plate. So I'm excited about that. I'm also excited about we're also going to talk about how we used our own podcast to promote your book in a way yeah. that wasn't too much too in your face. So That is the brief summary of today's podcasting topic. And as you can probably tell, I'm pretty excited about it. Pretty excited about podcasting. Let's do it. Okay. So Jenna, why, why for the first three and a half years we worked together, did you not do many outside interviews? So here's what's so interesting about this is it all started from a boundary. You know me. I should have the word boundary tattooed on my body because... <laughs> Do it I like in boundaries. your lower lip so you can like literally your lip down. <laughs> Just boundaries. And it started really out of almost this place of like preserving my energy to go towards our own stuff and what had to get done. So when you entered the team, we were preparing for Coco's birth. And I just had to say a really, you know, line in the sand, hard and fast rule. I am not taking any interviews so that I can just focus on my own show. Now, when I created that boundary, I didn't necessarily expect it to last for many, many, many years. (laughs) But really, from an energetic standpoint, it was just like, I just want to do the work and then get back to my family life. And that has been the case for the last three and a half years. And so it kind of happened not on purpose, but it was the right decision for many years until we had to make a change. And two, after you came back from your maternity leave with Coco, which was my first introduction to working on the team, like I started and then you were gone. Um, It never really felt like a right time to dive into doing interviews on other shows. And it was also something that we didn't have a system around and we're so systems focused. And so it's like, I was used to booking interviews for our own show, but we didn't have anything in place to really make sure we were making the most of your time on someone else's show. And so it wasn't until book launch season that... I mean, really, you spearheaded this strategy and you picked it up and adapted it from our dear pal, John Lee Dumas. So tell me about that strategy from the man, the myth, the legend, JLD. Okay. So before I explain that, One of the things that I think was so transformative about this last season and changing my mind on this hard and fast boundary was that I had a why so much deeper, right? Like I could have taken interviews over the last three years, but I would have just talked about my general life or my general business. Like there wasn't anything that was like so deep, so compelling that like I was so energetically excited about. And so what was so cool about the book is it literally stretched me in so many different ways. But one of the biggest ones is like, I had to put myself back out there because I cared so deeply about this work that I'd done over the last two years. I wanted to get it out into the world far and wide. And I was willing to do things that I one swore I would never do, but two didn't ever expect I would do at the capacity that I did it. And so it's just really interesting too, because it's like, maybe you know, boundaries are one reason, but maybe my why wasn't strong enough and it wasn't compelling enough when I would get pitched to come on people's shows. There was just never like that nudge of like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm so excited about that until the book. So the book was something that was almost like it lit a fire in me of like, yes, 
oh my gosh, I would love to be on your platform. And I have something that I really want to share with the world, which I loved. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Because you are so good at saying no and identifying what no's feel right. That when it was time to say yes, you also really knew that it was a strong yes. Yes. Yeah. It was awesome. So I just want to encourage people like, you know, if you're in a season and you're like, oh man, I got to Like if I got to grow something, I've got to show up in places like you'll know when the time is right. I remember my friend Jamie Kern Lima telling me about when she wrote her book and she was like, once I knew what I wanted to write, like it just poured out of me, like it just felt so aligned. And I feel like so much of my book is talking about like being in that alignment. And that process of promotion was so aligned that I was like energized. Whereas in the past, I would have been absolutely positively drained by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you did a crazy amount of interviews on another show. What is the final tally? Okay. So I was just thinking about it. We have got to be almost up to triple digits, a hundred. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. Is that not crazy? So before my book came out, I did 77 interviews. And since it came out, I've been doing a handful each week as they come in. So like when you think about that, it is wild that in, you know, of, I mean, since I started my show, I could count how many interviews I did on one hand to now doing triple digits in a few months time. (laughs) Yeah, we don't have that many fingers to count on two hands anymore. (laughs) And a big part of your ability to do that many was the strategy that you adapted and picked up because it wasn't really like how we do interviews on the Gold Digger podcast where we book someone for an hour And I mean, an hour, if you think about a hundred hours of interviews for you, that would have been probably not possible. Yeah. So talk about the strategy that you employed to make that crazy number real. Okay. So shout out to my fellow HubSpot podcast network friend, John Lee Dumas. I actually learned this strategy from him years ago, not knowing that I would ever utilize it. So few years ago, he had his book coming out and he told me, I mean, he did like hundreds upon hundreds of interviews. And I was like, there's no way. How? And he had this strategy. And here's what I want to know. We did not do this for all 77 interviews. However, a part of me wishes we would have. So what he said is that he defines a limited amount of time. He opens up his calendar and then he sets up people to use that amount of time so well. So we did a few different strategies here. We did a bunch of 20-minute interviews. And then we also did a bunch of 30-minute interviews. And honestly, by the end of my book promotion, I was telling my PR team, I was saying, please don't ever book me for an hour-long interview again. I only want to do 30-minute interviews. And here's why. What happens is, is that one, when people know that their time is limited, they prepare better. So they don't want to waste a single minute of time. Two, they don't start with a tell me about yourself question. This has actually really challenged me as a host of a podcast. Because when somebody says, tell me about yourself, you're like, I could go in 8 million different directions. What do you want to know? Right? Like, do you want to know me as a three-year-old, me as a 30-year-old, <laughs> entrepreneurial, my motherhood journey? Like, what is that question? And the third part is, is that people do the work for you in setting you up for success in an interview. And so what we did, and this is adopted from JLD himself, is you create this system that blocks off 30 minutes of time. And you say, you know, we can record for 29 minutes and 30 seconds, but then I've got to bounce and move on to the next one. And what was fascinating about this and how we set people up is there was this deep respect for time that not a single person, I'm not kidding, not a single person went over in time, which was wild because there's people on my team that were like, this is not going to work. People are going to, you know, like, are we going to have to like jump in and like kick people off or like, you know, do you need a timer behind your head so that people know? And I think that because people, when they booked it, they had to say like, I understand this is the amount of time I have. I will not ask Jenna, tell me about yourself. I will do the intro and outro separately and share more about my own experience with Jenna or the book or whatever that is. And I will use my time wisely. Like it was so incredible. 
Yeah, I'm actually surprised that not a single person stepped on the next none. And every single person would say, I know our time is limited. And then they'd be like, all right, let's start. So it was really nice too, because a lot of times, and I don't know if you notice this too, Kylie, like when you listen to podcasts, they always reference their conversation before they hit record. And you're like, well, dang it. Like that's the good stuff. Like you should have been recording from minute one. And so I felt like we also got to do that and have like the human experience on air versus privately in small talk before hitting record. Oh, absolutely. That's actually a tip that I give people who ask me about because I do a lot of interviews for my own podcast. And my advice is always to hit record the second your guest shows up. Like the second they sit down, as soon as that mic's in their face, hit record because you're going to miss out on like some juicy bits of information that you can't really repeat once it's recording. Yes. So yeah. No. Okay. So what did you learn in the process of doing all those interviews? Like what worked? What didn't? Would you do it again? Like unload? Okay. I would only do it again if I had a why strong enough. Okay. Because I... Okay. So here's the thing. (laughs) When I committed to promoting my book, I very clearly said, I'm willing to do 30 interviews. Do you remember that? (laughs) I was like, 30 is my limit. I will not do more than 30. That is my plan. I'm going to like try to maximize those 30. And And even that time went on and as I kept doing them, I was like invigorated. Like you can even hear my voice. Like I was just like energized in the process. And even like the week before my book came out, we had like an open day and I was like, let's just fill it. Let's do more. Like if, if people are willing to share their platform with me, what a privilege, let's do it. And so like, I just kept upping the number and kept going because I like, I enjoyed it. So I learned so much in the process I learned a lot about hosting and like how to provide a good host experience. So something I was really challenged by as a host and a learning takeaway was like, I can do a better job of preparing. Like I do prep for each interview, but like I could do an even better job because for me as a guest, I could really tell when somebody had actually read the book or when they hadn't. I could tell when someone listened to my podcast or didn't. And I'm not saying that from like a place of ego, like you need to know this person through and through, but I could tell when they were a member of my community versus somebody who just wanted to do an interview. And that made the experience feel different. So as a host myself, I've been challenged of like, do a little more research, like dig into their recent content, like know more about their family. Like it just makes for a richer experience. Another thing that was really interesting and something you and I have talked about, Kylie, is a lot of times I would jump on as the guest and the producer would, you know, make sure the sound was good, make sure like I was equipped as a guest before the host came on. And so it was a little bit different of a process, but it also made it feel a little more professional. And as a guest, I didn't feel like I was wasting the host time if anything was off. Now, because I'm a podcaster, I was pretty much set up and ready to rock. But I also liked that process where it didn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm frantically like trying to find the right headphones or like my microphone's not working. And now I'm like wasting somebody's time. And so that was really different. Another thing that I thought was really interesting is how people could incorporate the thing that would move the needle for me the most in the episode. So, you know, a lot of people were very aware. And I think, you know, being an author myself now, I recognize how important it is to talk about the work itself. And so there were certain interviews that would kind of beat around the bush or at the very end, ask me about the book. And then there were certain interviews who like wove the book through the interview in a beautiful way. And I thought, wow, this is, you know, it's just a very different experience. And then the last thing that I really learned specifically as a guest was getting creative at like, how can I talk about one thing in different ways and make it resonate with whoever show I was on in their audience, right? So it's like a challenge of like, how can I talk about the one thing, which is the book, but how can I talk about it in so many different ways where if the audience is stay-at-home moms or if the audience is school teachers or if the audience, you know, like, how do you make this thing make sense for the people who are going to listen to it. And I thought that was a really cool challenge as a guest, but also a reminder as a host of like, you have people from all over the world, from all different situations, socioeconomic statuses, careers that are listening in, and how can you make this matter to them? That's a really good point too. And I'm curious how you approached being asked 
likely a lot of the same questions. Because if you're out there promoting something, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, yeah, I want to do podcast interviews, but I mean, you got asked, how are you really almost every interview, right? Still do. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you, your book is titled, how are you really? You definitely opened yourself up to that. And I don't think you faulted anyone for asking that question, of course, but yeah. How did you approach kind of talking about the same things all the time? Yeah. You know, it's so funny. One of my friends recently reminded me that we were at this mastermind and I had said in the past, and I still somewhat stand by this. So please don't roll your eyes, but In the past, we didn't love having authors come on our show to promote their book because we understood that they're going to be everywhere and they're probably going to be talking about this thing everywhere. And like, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, do you want to be one of many or do you want to have, you know, something unique? And I remember telling a bunch of my friends in this space, I was like, you know, I want to try to do like some sort of like exclusive angles with people and with shows so that it's something that you didn't hear everywhere else. So that if you're subscribed to three different shows that I'm on, every interview is different. And I think that this brings up a really solid point of teamwork in the podcasting space because I think it is slightly the responsibility of the host and slightly the responsibility of the guest to make it unique, right? Like, You've got to think outside of the box and ask the right questions so that it isn't the obvious or the same thing over and over again. Now, there were absolute themes in the interviews that I did, but I really did try to give different angles, different ideas, different stories, different things. One thing that I learned a lot in the process is like there are a lot of different things that resonate, but when you're really in tune with a host, you know, they might pick up on something that you just, you know, thought was like a throwaway sentence or like even with readers, like people will highlight different parts of the book. And I'm like, oh, I'm surprised that that part resonated with you. You know, I thought it would be something else. And so I tried to be really in touch with like what was resonating with different hosts and then thinking about like, how can I provide a different angle or talk about a different chapter with that? There were absolutely parts that were probably repetitive and should have been repetitive so that it spoke about the book in the right way. But I really challenged myself as a guest of like, how can I put a different spin on this? One thing that we did do is at the very beginning when we established, you know, like these are the 10 like biggest shows we're going to be on this. Like these are massive honors to be on this show. Like I made sure that I listened to a few episodes from each of those shows so that I really understood how they showed up, what types of questions they asked. And then I also gave them the opportunity to pull a more exclusive angle. So I curated a list of like, here are 15 topics that are covered in my book that I would love to talk about. And I want to know if there's something like very specific that you want to cover. And then towards the end, when I'd already done 70 plus interviews, you know, I would lead off and say, I wish someone would have asked me about this. Do you want to talk about this? Or like, here's a question that I thought somebody would ask, but they haven't really been talking about. Let's do this angle. And I feel like that kind of helped diversify the content in a way. It's October. And you know what that means? It means sweaters and pumpkin spice lattes. And it also probably means that you're in the final stretch of your fiscal year. And in this interesting economic climate, you're also probably thinking about how to best optimize things like budgets, strategies, and operations in 2023. But let's be honest, no one wants the best probable solution to deal with whatever comes next. You want the best solution, period. Whatever stage your business is in, HubSpot CRM platform is ready to scale with you at the flip of a metaphorical switch. With totally customizable hubs, HubSpot has thousands of apps that you can easily integrate, use, or get rid of whenever you need them or don't. Plus, transparent costs and an intuitive interface means there are no fancy frills to hide behind. That's because HubSpot isn't here to probably grow your business. It's here to help you grow your business, period. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. 
Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top notch. Article's online only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and I was there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Well, that's actually really invaluable advice as far as pitching what's right to the platform you're about to be on and to have done the research on that platform to know what's going to resonate with their audience to make sure they're getting a unique take on what you bring to the table. Because I mean, that's my next question. I know some of these opportunities were incoming. I believe we did some pitches to get you on other shows. So how can someone find opportunities to be on another podcast? How do they really pitch themselves to stand apart so they have the opportunity to share that platform? Yeah. So you want to give people a compelling reason to have you on their show, right? Like it's not enough to say, I have a book that I want to promote, right? Yeah. In fact, that's probably (laughs) the number one way for people to say, no, thank you. Yeah, exactly. So one thing that I think is really interesting is, again, this notion of reciprocity. Like a lot of the shows that I went on, they've been on my show and I've never once asked for anything, right? And so a lot of the shows that I was able to get on, I was able to send a text message because I had a real relationship with these people and they understood how much the book meant to me. But the average person doesn't have, you know, Jay Shetty's phone number. <laughs> and so what does that look like? So We actually did an episode years ago about like how to write a good pitch. Like what are the no-nos? What are the yeses? What do you want to make sure you have? If you go to jennacutcherblog.com, you can search for pitch and you can find that episode. But it's a really good episode that outlines how to write a good pitch. But for me, it was really being thoughtful and spending a little bit more time customizing them. So one thing that we did is I made a spreadsheet like here are the dream shows I want to go on. And I made a templated email that kind of shared a little bit more about me, what I do, who I serve, the book, but I left room to customize it. So there were people like one of my friends, Joy, I remember being like, you know, how are the girls doing? And I saw you were up to this thing. And I just wanted to say like, I love watching you, you know, do this. And so I went through and took the time to write like a little paragraph for each and every single person about what I admire about them or what they're up to or what I wanted to check in on. And so while it was a templated email with like the specifics outlined, it was also customized and from the heart. When I was able to, I would send voice memos to people and share my energy and like why I'm excited about this thing. And so you want to stand out, but you also want to show somebody that you've done the work. Like Kylie, how many pitches do we get a day where it's like copy and paste? Or it's like, I really loved your episode on. And then it's like, they literally just copy and pasted our last published episode. Yeah. I've seen a lot of bad pitches. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't resonate. And you kind of just feel slimy where you're like, I was just a box you could tick off saying that you pitched me someone else to 10 shows today. You know what I mean? Like you can tell. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, the pitches that I pay the most attention to, or that really pull me in immediately is when they're communicating the value they bring to the platform versus being so transparent about what they're promoting. Like I get it. Like people want exposure to promote something. Like I know that's the end goal, but I want to know first what you're bringing to our platform. Hey, 
men and what value you have to offer. And I will say too, a strategy that works really well and something that I did try to use is like, I listened to a lot of the shows that I was on, which is why it was just like such a massive privilege that I wanted to just like over deliver. But like, I was able to say like, Hey, I'm a listener of your show and you've never talked about this topic or you haven't touched on this aspect of this topic before. Let's go there. Like, are you willing to go there? And showing that like I have the knowledge of like a gap that we have the opportunity to fill changes everything. And I think it's just really helpful. And also like being a listener of people's shows before you go on them, like then when they throw funny things at you, like, oh, speed round, like what did you eat for breakfast? Like you make sure you have a really good breakfast that day because you know you're going to be asked that question, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's always better to know what you're getting yourself into before you show up and they yes. hit record. Yes. I love that. So booking 75 plus 100 interviews took a lot of real logistical planning. And I have to push all of the credit to Steph and also Marissa on our team. Although I produced the Gold Digger podcast, I was very distanced from your calendar during this whole thing, which is crazy. They did incredible. I mean, Steph used to work for Lazy Boy Recliners as a logistics person. And I got to see a whole new side of her abilities. She's probably like, dang it. Now Jenna knows I'm good at this. She managed... I mean, it was exceptional how she did this. And it was incredible. Do you want to talk about some of our strategies behind the scenes on this? Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually... Would you enlighten me on some of the strategies and tools? Because I was so distanced from it. Oh my gosh. Yes. So the first thing that we did was we created a Monday board. So we use Monday as our project management system. If you want to try out Monday, we all love it. Like Our entire team converted over to it. It's at jennalovesmonday.com. And you can try it out. And what we did is we created a Monday board and I dropped in all of the shows that I wanted to be on. And what we did is you can build out like a board. It's almost like a if you had a bulletin board, but online digitized. And you can make all different fields and check boxes and color coding. It's beautiful. And so we created a board and we were tracking the entire process. So you know, when we send out the initial pitch, when we follow up a week later, when we follow up again to check in if it's a yes or a no, what is their booking availability? When do we have it booked? When is it recorded? When will it air? Do we have the assets? So like we built out this glorious board where we were tracking every single interview. And this came in handy for so many different reasons, but it allowed us to kind of see the progress as we went. Like I was able to report back to my book team and be like, hey, we have 30 interviews scheduled, or this is the dates that I'm available for that. The second thing was really for me finding pockets of availability. And you know, as a mom of two, and someone who historically has not done things like this, I literally just would have to open up days and we would try to maximize like every single hour. So it would just be like back to back to back to back to back. But I would leave feeling so accomplished like, Oh my gosh, I just did 10 interviews this morning. And so opening up availability and then trying to match that. And that can get tricky too, because when you're a guest on somebody's show, you want to match their availability, not force them to match yours. And so it can get kind of tricky. There can be a lot of puzzle pieces. And so for me, one of the hardest points was like staying true to my boundaries of like when I am able to and willing to record while also remaining flexible enough to match their availability. One of the other logistical things that was really fascinating is I went to LA for four days. And I did 12 in-person interviews in four days. And so Steph was literally like mapping out like, you need an Uber from this to this and you need to be in the Uber at this time. And like, I don't have an executive assistant who's like with me, handing me coffee. And like, (laughs) like, I was literally like sloughing it from location to location. And she would be like texting me when I was in an interview and being like, okay, you need to leave in 10 minutes to hit your next one. And like, it was just insane how she was doing all of this. And so you want to have some sort of tracking system. You also want to have some of the emails that you anticipate you will need. So that initial pitch, a follow-up email template, 
a template thanking them for when the episode goes live. So we were just trying to anticipate. And because I am a host of a show, we were able to anticipate a lot of those needs and build up templates that then we could personalize and customize throughout the process. But that way, Steph wasn't like flagging all these emails for me to respond to personally, but able to make sure that people have everything they need. One final thing that was super helpful is that we created a folder of headshots. We had my bio written out. We had all of these different assets that a lot of podcasts ask for, You know, links to all of your social platforms, links to where the book is. And we built all of that out in anticipation so that when people had those questions, we could say, Hey, here's a one-sheeter with all the information you need, links to my headshots and anything else. Yeah, it was really beneficial or it sounds like it's really beneficial. The fact that you are a podcaster and you Mm -hmm. could anticipate a lot of those needs Yes, because you want to make it so easy for someone to say, yes, come on my show. Yes. And here's everything you need or here. I'm going to provide you everything you need to create it, promote it. Here's the questions you can ask me. I mean, when someone walks up with a pitch like that for the Gold Digger podcast, I'm like, oh man, half my job is done. And you want to make the Kylie's of the world have a very easy job. Absolutely. And it makes for better conversations because those are their best answers, right? Like they know they can nail the responses on those, which is so awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So before we switch to talking about how we used Gold Digger to talk about the book, is there any final thoughts on your whole experience doing 100 interviews? Yeah, you know, what's so interesting is that I loved getting to see the behind the scenes of other people's processes, right? Like, there are places where I would be frustrated or places where I'd be like delighted and surprised. There would be times where they would send out really thoughtful questions in advance and other times where I just literally jumped on and we were winging it together. And, you know, it's just really cool to see the vast differences among podcast hosts, which just reminds me that like the space is not reserved for the special few. Like there was just so many different personalities and types and, you know, voices. And like, I just really was inspired by the diversity of the types of people and hosts and the way that people run it. And it was just a really cool thing to say, you know, there are hard and fast rules when it comes to podcasting, but there's a lot of room at the table for anyone that wants to join. I know what it's like to feel completely thrown off your game because you're just not motivated or your mind isn't in the right space. That's why I'm thrilled to tell you all about superhuman activations. Now, if meditation isn't for you, you need to try activations instead. Activations are a groundbreaking new type of audio that's this mix of a motivational podcast, cinematic music, and guided visualization. They are fundamentally different from meditation and a lot more exciting to listen to. Instead of calming you, activations are motivating, energizing, and transformative. You'll reach your goals faster whether you want to earn more money, get clarity, achieve a health goal, or feel like you're reaching your highest potential. They're essentially a shortcut to get to where you want to be and the ultimate way to visualize your future self. And you can only find them on the Superhuman app. I use and love Superhuman and find myself playing activation several times a day, whether I'm baking bread, doing my skincare, or even when I'm in the shower. Superhuman offers something completely different to other apps out there, and I cannot wait for you to try them. Take advantage of their 14-day free trial and head over to activations.com forward slash gold digger to start your trial and save over 60% off your membership. There is literally no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The discount is only available through their website, not the app store. So visit activations.com forward slash gold digger now for over 60% off. Do not miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts and it expires soon. That's activations.com forward slash gold digger. When it comes to content creation, you either do it because you love it or because you know it's a powerful business tool. Now, either way, it takes a ton of work. Whether you're building your website from scratch or struggling to manage payments, you need Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate one-stop shop that's been my go-to for almost a decade. Yes, nearly a decade. It's designed to help creators and entrepreneurs build thriving online businesses with steady recurring income. Whether it's blogging, coaching, or podcasting, Kajabi makes it simple to transform your passion into profitable online courses, exclusive members, membership sites, and so much more. 
Over the years, Kajabi has been my rock from hosting my signature courses like the Pinterest lab to handling transactions without taking a single penny of my money. That's right. You get to keep 100% of what you earn. With Kajabi, you get powerful analytics, simple payment options, effective email marketing tools, and beautiful website templates that you can customize. And here's a little secret. You don't need a massive following to earn a great income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi who are making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers, and you can be one of them. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash goal. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash goal. Join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion today at kajabi.com slash goal. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. And you've said too that doing all those interviews made you feel like a more confident host now as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was just telling Kylie, like, I trust myself more now up at the mic than I ever have before because a lot of them, it was just sitting down and like, you guide the conversation, I'll go wherever you want to go. And that used to really intimidate me. Like, I wanted to make sure I had every speaking point and a script and like all these things. And it's like, that's not possible. And so I, genuinely feel like I am a better host now after this experience, but I am also a better guest. And I have more confidence in myself to go in the direction that the host guides me. And I've recognized so much more now, like the host is literally the guide and you want to give that guest like the best experience that makes them so excited. They can't wait to share that interview. And so it's like, I just want to be the best guide for my guests now on the Gold Digger podcast. I think I learned a lot. And speaking of the Gold Digger podcast, I mean, you've spent years building up this platform. I've been a part of this platform for four years now. And so you've clearly invested the time in making sure that this is a rich resource for anyone who listens. But when it came time to promote the book, it also was a very strong tool in sharing about the book and announcing the book. And we had six months to fill from that first announcement of I wrote a book to the book launch date. And there was some strategy and some thought behind how we were going to use the platform in a way that still protected the integrity of the content, still making sure that every episode that was shared was valuable and actionable in some way, while also knowing that you've worked so hard to create this platform and bring in these listeners that you deserve to share about your project on it as well. So I'd love to talk about the strategy here. What were you thinking in terms of using the podcast to promote the book before we even started rolling out episodes? Yeah. So you know what's so interesting, Kylie, is that I did a lot of research with successful book launches because I just love to like nerd out. And one of the most fascinating takeaways I found is I was like tracking 10 books that did really well, that made a big impact, that still have longevity. And in researching all these different book launches, a lot of times the thing that I noticed the most is that the writer of the book 
did not leverage their own platform much. Like I was scrolling through someone's podcast and I couldn't tell when their book came out. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's crazy. Or I would be scrolling through their social media and I had a hard time figuring out, wait, when was their book coming into the world? Like I couldn't even find it. And that was really fascinating to me. And it was really encouraging to me to not make that mistake because we have built something that shows up every single Monday and Wednesday, serves incredible content to our listeners. You better believe I'm going to leverage that for something that I'm so passionate about and that I've worked so hard on. And so... I was very unapologetic in wanting to use this platform, but I also was very conscious that not everyone's a reader. This might not be the right book for every single person. Not everyone wants to write a book. So how do we use this podcast to be that gentle nudge, that reminder of a book is coming or a book is here without alienating the people who are here for the business and strategy? And so I genuinely think we did it beautifully. I looked at every angle that we could. So I said, you know, at least once a month, I want to have a very book focused topic, right? So that's, you know, one out of eight shows. I want to be very conscious that we're talking about the book. So we did this in a few different ways. We interviewed different people that were a part of the journey from my agent to my editor, but those were like normal interviews that then just kind of fused the book in. We talked about the writing process. I talked about what do you do if you want to write a book? I talked about how writing fit into my life. I talked about the marketing behind it. Like We just thought about all these different angles that could be applied to our listeners' lives and businesses, even if they had nothing to do with writing a book. And then as we got closer to the actual book release... Then we started sharing you know, the first chapter of the book and things like that that were a little bit more hyper-focused, hyper-targeted, and super obvious that like the book is right about to be released. You know, we really have been doing a form of that for a while with the Gold Digger podcast. And I think it's a good reminder for podcasters out there who have a new offer coming up or maybe a book or a program or something. You can talk about the thing and promote the thing without just saying, I have a thing. And yes. Here it is. Yes. There's themes without just selling it too. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I feel like that's such a good challenge for marketers of like, how can I remind people about this thing that I'm really proud of in 10 different ways without repeating anything? Like, how can I do this? And I, I just like, I'm so proud of how we did it. And the other side of it too, is like, we were being really thoughtful with solo shows to make sure that they were trending in the direction of the book. So covering topics that we talk about in the book without even saying I have a book and there's a chapter about this thing in it. It was just being like, how are we trending the podcast in the direction of the main mission and message of the book? We did that for like six months leading up to the book release. And we continue to do that coming out of it. And I love that because it's like, you know, the book for me was a big kind of brand pivoter in a sense. And so it was like, how are we making sure that this is all aligned and makes sense when the book comes out into the world? So before we wrap up, you know, we've talked about strategies and why you decided to appear on other podcasts and how we talked about the book without really talking about the book and and creating all this content to support it. Now it's like, okay, so then how did it turn out? for you. (laughs) And it's hard to draw a straight line between what we did and the results of what we did, like really. But I will say there have been some impressive changes to our audience size on the Gold Digger podcast. And I think it can only, I mean, definitely in part be attributed to the fact that you showed up on other platforms. I mean, Men. Oh, we increased I increased by like 75,000 downloads per week over the course of this book promotion period, which is like a significant growth. That's an insane growth. 75,000 more average weekly downloads from January to July. That's, That's crazy. And it's beautiful too, because the idea around this is like, you want people to feel like you're everywhere, right? Like, why do I keep seeing this person? I feel like I've got to look into it. And I also tried to be mindful too in doing those interviews to not just talk about the book, but to loop in the podcast as well, because that's where people can get the free content before they make the decision of if the book is for them. That's huge. And two, I, I, I call this more of an anecdotal proof of concept, but no one, not a single person sent an email saying, why are you talking about the book so yeah. much on the podcast? Like no one faulted you for it. Never. 
You know, what's crazy is, you know, that is like a fear for a lot of people is like, oh, I'm talking about this time blue in the face. Everyone's so annoyed with it. I have also never gotten that on social media either. Like never once did anyone say, we get it. You have a book. Stop talking about it. Which I think is just so powerful. And also, you know, we have had very consistent book sales, which isn't totally traditional. A lot of times people have these really big launch weeks and then it kind of, you know, evens out. And I think that's because we continue to talk about it. Like, and so I love that you bring that up, Kylie, because I think that is a great fear in marketing. And I think that speaks to how we did it in a way that didn't feel so one note. Absolutely. Bravo to us. Yeah. I I love the way it all turned out. And I'm glad we're talking about this. This is a very different podcast adjacent topic that we've never addressed because, oh, because Jenna never did interviews on other shows. So we couldn't really talk (laughs) about it before. So I love that. I love that we got to dive into this today. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. And I just want to challenge our listeners, find something that makes your why so compelling that you step into arenas that you haven't been in either for a while or ever. Like put yourself out of your comfort zone in that way. I feel like I built beautiful relationships in the process. I feel like I reached millions more people than I would have been able to on my own platform. And I also feel like I got this opportunity to invite my current listeners into a space of my life and my heart that wouldn't have been possible had I not been thoughtful and strategic and intentional in how we did all this. So by the way, if you haven't gotten the book yet, I would be really remiss to not invite you to grab it. (laughs) Go to howareyoureallybook.com since we've talked around it again. See, this is a great example of how you can talk about the thing without talking about the thing. But here, I'm going to talk about the actual thing. Go grab your book. It is a book that I can really with conviction say will change your life. Again, How Are You Really is a book you can find it wherever books are sold. And thank you podcast listeners for giving us this incredible privilege and platform to share about all the things we're working on, but also the why behind them. I think that's such a joy. Totally. So until uh, we have to do the sign off. Oh, it's all you girl. (laughs) Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and I was there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.